Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabe Lorenzi, and I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. Let's do this thing as we bust loose into hour two. Looking forward to Friday's show, man. It's going to be picks, 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 picks. Uh, we've got uh, UFC. We've got NASCAR. We've got Bundesliga soccer. That's German soccer for the uninitiated. And uh, you know what? It's pretty cool, too, uh, the German soccer uh, league. Uh, their standings are pretty jam-packed. Bayern Munich's got a bunch of teams trying to, uh, tr- um, you know, uh, chase them down. And uh, they're going to be playing each other over the next uh, couple of weeks as well. Also, an interesting story out of England. You know, you sort of heard last week, oh, the EPL's coming back. No, it turns out, Cam, that the EPL owners are just like Major League Baseball owners. They just said that without yeah. ever, like, you know. <laughs> the players are scared. I know they're like, no, 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 no. Put the brakes on. I, I read that too. It's like, you guys can't just say they're playing. You need to talk to the guys who are actually playing. No, they you're right, man. Crazy. about safety protocol. Oh, I right? know. So the players said, <laughs> so what's the plan? Like, what, what, what? And they said, they they actually told the players in, in a memo that when we return, when you get tackled, to turn your face the other way. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, in a live game, that's going to be just... That sounds like a great safety protocol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great Look safety protocol. Look the other protocol. way. Yeah, yeah, we're in the middle of a game, and I'm going to remember all the things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot, got to turn away. Like, come on, man. That is so unrealistic when you're playing a live sporting event. That's just stupid. The National Hockey League, um, listen, there's nothing concrete yet, but this is what they're going to have to do, Cam. And um, it's almost impossible. The players can't spit on the bench or spit water out or anything anymore. Yeah, that's tough. These guys, I know. Oh, my God. They're all going to need 25 individual water bottles. And they'll spit in their own bottle, yeah. And uh, as it is now, guys, there's only a few of them, and everybody's, like, grabbing them. It's, like, very unhygienic hockey, all right? They're very squeezed together. But another thing, it would take away from this, no scrums allowed, Cam. Like, no scrums. So, like, when the play's over... You can't go. No, no more face rakes anymore. No yeah, more, well, you know what I mean? You're my goaltender, and some guy wants to mess with you. What am I going to do? Let him hit my goaltender? I'm sorry. Uh, like, see, that's another. So what one are they going to say now? Well, no checking, right? Yeah. What's going to be next? Well, nobody yeah. check and nobody touch each other. You know, they were talking. They were concerned about the swearing and the players, so they're talking about playing music because yeah. they know the players will just swear so, so much, like we talked about. <laughs> and supposedly the NBA, as I'm not surprised. It's, just, it's a concern. Oh, big time. NBA <laughs> players say a lot of crazy things, man. And people are going to hear, like, they're going to be, oh, my God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, kids are going to be watching. You know what? Yeah. I've always said this they should do. They should give sports fans a choice, man. We're adults. Adult right? stream, PG stream. Very simple. Oh, not hard to do today. They're, not they're, hard they're, to they're do. doing it for the last dance. And what I'm amazed by about this is the uncensored version's on ESPN. And the censored version's on ESPN, too. No. Like, would it make more sense to put, like, you know, I'm surprised that they're having F-bombs drop on ESPN. Um, and for right. the record, actually, I didn't know that you were actually allowed to show breast on uh, television now. It's good to know in the future, because I was watching WrestleMania 3 the other night, and Adrian Adonis uh, was uh, performing, and... <laughs> and- 
I was actually disturbed. I almost called the FCC myself. I was like, yo, guys, like, come on. There's a lot of nudity on TV here. That guy's breasts are so big, he's, he's hiding foreign objects under the flaps. I know, like Adonis, we talk about uh, Seinfeld, he needs a bro or a man's yeah, ear. Yeah, that's no. what I said. I was like, man, this guy, if anyone needs a man's ear in honor of Jerry Stiller, there's not one place in the Boca Vista. <laughs> we want to welcome everybody listening to SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. I am Gabriel Brenzi. Throw it down with the Raging Reddit. Cam Stewart, let's do this thing. Got a lot of stuff uh, to get to. We're going to get back uh, onto the track. We're going to talk some NASCAR, go over the storylines. Uh, Jordan Bianchi of the, uh, the Athletic is going to join us. We're going to talk some NASCAR with him. Me and uh, Cam will talk some NASCAR. But everybody loves football. And uh, listen, uh, as far as the National Football League is concerned, um, it's getting serious as far as California uh, goes right now. And there really is a thought that that the teams from L.A. might just play in Las Vegas in this new stadium because um, they might not be able to play. Every Anyone that watches the news knows they actually shut Los Angeles County down till August right now, which cuts into preseason. So now we're getting here. It's getting real. So college football, hey, college football all over the place. One thing, and me and Cam told you, we know the SEC's play. The SEC's play, the Big 12 looks like they're going forward. The Sun Belt Conference USA, just as we predicted a couple of weeks ago and a month ago, et cetera. The Northeast is where the problems come into play here. Jim Harbaugh asked if Michigan's going to be ready to play, and it sounded like he was taking a pot shot at, uh, at your girl Gretchen. Uh, when he said, I don't know, once when she lets us practice, I guess, or can we work out? He was sort of, he goes, I don't know, we can't even work out right now. So, um, so Harbaugh, he's feeling the pressure uh, right now, but it's getting real, Cam. And you and I talked about this. We called all of this. Yep. USC, UCLA, Stanford, Cal, Cal, San Diego State, all these, all these California schools are in big trouble. And it, it could get regional, and I'm not saying none of them are going to play, but guys, it's getting serious enough now that the USC Trojans are supposed to open up the season against Alabama. Alabama, Cam, are now in talks with TCU. Exactly. And TCU that makes sense. is supposed to play Cal in week one. Ding, 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 ding. They're ding, like, you know what? We, hey, you need to, we need to play. You need to play. That's what's going to happen this year, guys, in college football. It's going to be cool for the better. It's going to be a lot of weird, weird matchups that you, know, you don't see and stuff, which I actually like. But that's what's going to happen. Alabama's already put the word out there. Hey, we're playing. And USC's probably not going to be ready. Who wants the game? You win? And TCU is saying, yes, this, we're going to see a lot of this moving forward. Yeah, that's great, too. And, and your TCU, think about that on your schedule, too. Hello, you get a top, top uh, ranked team there. It's good for business. And, and Cal yeah, Seminary. Right you know, TCU, how <laughs> suddenly you're getting your ass at it, too. In week exactly. One. Hey, but it's nice to, at least they're playing Alabama. They would have, they, 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 they'd lose. Hey, USC would have got killed by them, too, Gabe. No, 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 exactly. The USC is just saving themselves a beating. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On a grid, sports grid, and of course, tune in to the loudest station in the nation, SB Nation Radio. I'm Gabriel Renzi, throwing it down. Game time decision rolls on with Cam Stewart. Talk a little football uh, right now, college uh, football. Urban Meyer said from everybody that he talks to, he expects um, that uh, there will be college football. Oh, there will be. It's and just of be course, 
Um, Urban Meyer, of course, as we all know, is, um, you know, his biggest concern has always been the uh, the students and the player safety, of course. Like, I'm like, when I saw Urban Meyer, he said, oh, I think we can play and it's all good. And uh, I'm thinking, yeah, 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 shut up, Urban. You know what I mean? Like, you don't care when, like, kids are getting shot. So I don't think you really care about them getting coronavirus now. Yeah. Now you do you? But that's that's another story. It like, is. There will be college football, but it's going to be all over the place, guys. And, you know, we'll, we'll get, you know, we're going to have time to get into this because it's going to be a big story over the summer for sure. What to do with the playoffs, right? This, that's the thing. And speaking of the Pac-12, they're all over the place, guys. Arizona is open for business right now. The governor of Arizona um, says that uh, sports can play right now. Any sport, if you want to come play, you can come play here right now. And we knew this is going to happen. So Arizona and Arizona State are going to want to play. Yep. USC and UCLA are going to be screwed. Cal's going to be screwed, et cetera. Like, and then you get into this sort of then, you know, conferences are going to start turning on each other. Word out of the Pac-12 is to avoid any sort of mutiny and craziness that you and I even talked about. Remember we said, I don't know, man, yep. maybe Colorado and Utah are just going to join the, the Mountain West this year, and they're going to have a little, little like, crossover. Remember, we talked about it. They even considered it. They said, listen, if we lose three schools for the Mountain West and there's only four schools left for the Pac-12 that yep. can play, let's just bring in the four Pac-12 teams. Exactly. And that's why we kidded that I'm going to bet on the Utah Utes to win that conference if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but the Pac-12 is looking to avoid that. They have television contracts as, as well. And this is how they're thinking out the box cam. And actually, I don't mind this because it'd be really cool from a fan perspective. They might just wait until after the year to play. They could. Like, they're I, not, they're in a warm weather place camp. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like so unorthodox. Basically, the Pac-12 could play in March. Like, and another thing is, they're never part of the playoffs anyways. <laughs> no, they're not. Even when Washington was good or Oregon was good, they always find ways to disappoint. I will say this, though. There's going to be a lot of pressure. You talked about Governor Newsom in California, and you're going to watch all these other schools play. And these schools are going to be sitting back going, what the hell's going on here? Like, the pressure... It's, we're talking politics right now, but it's going to be huge because we understand the importance of college football when it comes to institutions, finances, how much money goes back into the school for this thing. So I don't care if you're a brainiac school like Stanford, the Harvard of the West, all these other schools. They're going to see everybody else playing, Gabe, and it's like, hey, dude, I get it. You're the governor and you want to be safe, but it's time for us to move forward. And they're going to be also pissed, as you talked about, when Arizona, a bordering state, is open for business. The proximity is very close between them. So I see a lot of infighting and problems. Uh, you and I were talking earlier about, about uh, fans calling in, about the golf, and how I would love to be able to call the NBA uh, replay yeah. room and call them a bunch of idiots, <laughs> uh, et cetera. It's interesting um, that, I don't know if, you know, that we're going back a ways right now. Uh, but back on June June second, two thousand ten, Detroit Tigers starting pitcher Armando Galarraga um, was on the verge of throwing a perfect game. Correct. I'll never I forget actually remember that this. Yeah, I watched it live. Yep. I remember this. He was uh, he was on the verge of getting a perfect game. Yeah. Unfortunately, the twenty seventh out was an incorrect safe call by first place umpire Jim Joyce. Correct. And a great call by Puccio. Yep. Um, claiming Jim Joyce in our ear here right now. Jim Joyce owned up to it after the game. He did. He owned up to it after the game. 
and he famously said he kicked the ass out of that call. Joyce said that he was sick to his stomach over the situation. Uh, he broke down. He said, I took a perfect game away from that kid. Video of the blown call and Galarraga's missed chance at history is, um, is evident and seen for everyone. The next day, Galarraga handed the Tigers lineup card to Joyce at home plate. Joyce pat him on the back and could be seen in tears. I'm almost tearing up right now. Yep. The two ended up building a close friendship and even uh, teamed up to write a book together. Wow. Fiddling, fiddling uh, titled Nobody's Perfect. Ten years later, Galarraga wants the turnover called. <laughs> hey, thanks for the book deal, Jeff. Are we still friends? Yeah, no, <laughs> That's he, uh, he, he, he's my buddy. He's like, um, I he agree basically, with him, he says that there's like replay, and you see that yeah. it's wrong. That exactly. I should have a perfect game. I agree with that. I agree I don't with know. him. You can't, can't I go back. I know, I know, I know. You can't, but he's right. The visual evidence is there, but you're right. It was a different time, different uh, rules with instant replay. That stuff never would well, have happened. This. Joyce wants them to do it as well. And I see. I'm a JJ. He's right, Gabe. Do it. Overturn it. It's so obvious. It's actually one that you can, but I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. I'd do it. Come on, help Gallery go. Like, you know, it's it's been a long time. Game, come nah, on. No, 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 no. You can't. Then, then where, where, where does it end? If anything, you want to get into it. Um, I believe it was that son of a bitch, Angel Hernandez, actually. Yeah. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, bro, is going to be in the 40-40 club. You know how hard it is to do a 40-40 oh. and a 40 stolen base and 40 home runs? Uh. No one's ever done. Like, Canseco and who Bonds did. I think. It was like he was going to be the third guy ever to do it type of thing. Like, it's very rare. Puccio, uh, how many guys have done it, Puccio? Uh, if you let us know. Like, yeah. how many guys are in the 40-40 club? Canseco did it. Yeah. I think Bonds did it. I, you know, off the top of my head, it's like two guys. And Vlad Guerrero was right there, bro. He had, he already had the 40 stolen bases. He had 39 home runs. He put it over the wall, and they said that it wasn't. They said it hit the top of the wall, but it was yeah, a home run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? I, so yeah. What, what are you going to do? You're going to start going back? You're going to start going back uh, in time? Four uh, so guys? Four guys four. in history. All right. Interesting. Interesting. That was close. That was close. Bonds, A-Rod, a Soriano. Okay, okay. Good and work, Canseco. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, that was a bad. Like I said, I'd do good on stuff to Schwab Cam, but I'd be wrong with the years and stuff. All That's the thing. Like, I'd be just... all like, ah, oh, yeah, that happened. What, 1980, 1977, think about the 79. I'd be like, ah. That's <laughs> the thing. I remember everything, too, but I'm, I'm, it names, like, sometimes years, because, hey, man, we partied a lot. It's it's hard to keep your mind uh, sharp over the years. It's tough, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, very difficult. But I'm with you. You're right. You don't want to open a can of worms. It's a problem. But I will say this, guys. That call is so much more obvious than the other calls. And it really would have helped his career. That's all. Yeah, you know, it's part of, that's part of baseball history. It's part of Life. the, uh, you know. Yep. You know, speaking of going back, my grandfather, I've told the story before, but not too many times. But my grandfather, people know my grandfather played um, hockey. It was, uh, he was, so he was in the Olympics in 1936 for Team Canada. And um, he won a silver medal, but in his words, he didn't say he, he lost gold. He didn't win silver. <laughs> that's what he said. I like his uh, attitude. Yeah, yeah exactly. And they actually got screwed, but we're not going to get into the controversy. They got screwed over. Uh, but what, what's special about the 1936 Olympics 
Of course, they were in Germany, right, in 1936. So there's a lot of historical perspective uh, about uh, the games. And, um, of course, Jesse Owens and, and, you know, the Winter Games and everything was, you know. So it's pretty crazy. Like, I have pictures of it, and it's just it's mind-blowing. But anyways, my grandfather got a silver medal at the time. It got stolen years later, like 50 years later. So he won it in like 1936, I don't know, like in the 80s type thing or in the late 70s, the early 80s, it gets stolen. And um, there's a story in the newspaper about how it got stolen. And, you know, he's a World War II vet and he played in like uh, in Germany and Hitler was there and Goring and they stood up to the Nazis and they played hockey and it was a special story. Um the Olympics, the Olympic Committee actually contacted the Canadian Olympic Committee and said, you know what? After every Olympics, we break the mold and the die cast. That's for the medal. So they can never be replicated. We never broke it for 1936 because we knew how historical it was. They remade a silver medal and presented it to my grandfather. That's class. See? And you know who was behind all that? Dick Pound and uh, Carol Ann Lepburn, actually. And Dick Pound, people know, he's uh, now the head of WADA. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, there's a little personal story behind the scenes about redemption. Remember the old days, it was acceptable to have the skinny shortstop that hit 212 and stuff, right? That's not there anymore, bro. Your second baseman and shortstop better hit 20 home runs nowadays. Now, the game has changed massively. No one chokes up anymore. No one cares no, about striking no. out anymore. No, you know, right. I mean, well, what was it? Uh, Tony Gwynn struck out three times in his career in one game, <laughs> I think once. Once. And nowadays, I mean, everybody, that, that's nothing. Aaron Judge will do four times in the game, four or five times a season. Isn't it the worst, though? Like, when someone puts a shift on or the bases are loaded, it's like, dude, if you would just, like, line it up the middle or you drop a bun and, you know, we're just move someone over here. Just play baseball the way it was supposed to be played. And what do you hear, George? Well, you know, they're not, they're not paying Stanton, uh, you know, $34 million a year to move people over. And then he strikes out. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, Mark Teixeira of the Yankees, because uh, the, the Yankee announcer would, would, would ask him, listen, when they shift, why don't you just lay down a bunt or just slap the ball the other way? And he goes, well, I get paid to hit home runs. Yeah. Well, not really. You get paid to win baseball games. All right? And we want to win, you know, fans want to win uh, baseball games. Slap the ball the other way. Get on base. I understand. Seventh inning, eighth inning, you're down by a run. Yeah. Try and hit the home run. But you know what? In the third inning, fourth inning, you want to stop that shift. You lay down a bunt a couple of times. You slap the ball there a couple of times. That shift goes away. If, if you can prove you can do that, yeah. the shift goes bye-bye. It's called situational hitting, right? Yeah, it's called situational hitting, and they don't seem to get it, but it's accepted, right? It's not mine. Listen, the guy can strike out three times, hit a home run, they're going to take it. Right. Like that's that's the way they look at it. And, you know, I don't I don't I don't agree with it, but that's the change. And now, you know, the general managers want that. I mean, guys like Mike Sosha, you know, clash because of that stuff. Right. You know, we're, you know, the old, well, we don't pay the guy to do that. And you you just said it. Mark, Mark Teixeira said it himself. You're not paying me to do that. Right. So the players sort of understand that. The other term I hate is launch angles. Why are the launch angles different? And it's like, no, the launch angles, they're trying to murder the ball. <laughs> like every one of them. Like, they're all trying. Like, if everyone tries to hit home run, therefore there's going to be more home runs as opposed to, you know what, I'm just going to try to line it into the gap here. 
I'm just going to take a single here. No one's impressed with singles anymore. No. Uh, no uh, one's impressed. When you and I grew up, Gabe, and we played baseball, when, you first, when, when we were first instructed about playing baseball and batting, what were we told? Get hit the base. ball up the middle. Hit the, no, hit the ball up the middle. I was always told to hit the ball up the middle, right right back at the pitcher. Sent it back to where it came from. All right, now no one wants that. You're yeah, absolutely our right. Our coach, the same thing. It was like basically get on base. Walk, <laughs> hit, right. I didn't whatever. care. Get on base, yeah. But the problem is now, I mean, most, uh, most general men, most numbers guys will tell you, you know what? Game time decisions continue. Get on the grid and let's get on the track. I am Gable Reggie talking down with a raging redhead. Cam Stewart. And listen, neither me or Cam are going to pretend to be the biggest uh, gear boxes, although I think we've been called that uh, before <laughs> in the past and probably called, called worse, oh, uh, actually. Yeah. But I do bet on NASCAR. I have bet on NASCAR for years, too. It's not just, oh, I'm jumping on it now because there's nothing going on. And you see people in these times. And I'm not calling people out for that. No. I'm not going to call someone out because, no, now they're betting on a UFC. I hate people like that. Yeah. Oh, you don't know anything about the UFC. Now you're betting on it? Do whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah, look, at exactly. all the new look at all the new horse players. I've been playing horses for years. If you want to bet on horses, that's good for you. Korean baseball. You know, I bet a couple games. Big deal. I'm not doing it all the time. So you got to do what you got to do with your money. And we talked about before, this is a good time to build a bankroll because college football and other stuff is going to be coming back. So, yeah, I'm not just going to be betting on everything for the sake of betting. But continue, Gabe. Yeah, so yeah, I'm a big, I've been a big NASCAR fan. Now, listen, the popularity of NASCAR has gone down uh, over the last couple of years, and it'll be interesting to see um, if if this provides a boost. We talked about the UFC not really getting any sort of new fans watching, and well, you know, there could be a carryover down the road, but at least an immediate boost. So I'm curious to see what the NASCAR ratings are uh, when they return. Uh, but um, I've followed NASCAR for a long time. And we've had success betting on it, actually. Matchup props are a good way to go. But the problem is what matchup props is. Like, we're on Friday night. It's, they don't release NASCAR props, like, 72 hours before a race camp. Yeah, it's exactly. one of those, if the race is Sunday afternoon, you got your matchup Saturday, uh, Sunday morning. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. Like, they're not going to give you, like, four days to, like, massacre them on the matchup props. But matchup props are a fun way to go. But... You know, like I said, neither you or I ever. I'm not going to pretend that um, you know that uh, that we're going to be hosting um, shows on the NASCAR network yep. anytime soon. But I, I found some, Gabe. I found couple. some. I found some matchups. Do you want me to throw some at you, or right, what do you? Uh, no, not right now. As I was going to say, so yeah, if you if you like Eddie, but I said weeks ago, I said weeks ago that during this, when you come back, when NASCAR comes back. For the pit area, you have to have these guys socially distance and stuff. You can't turn it into a competition anymore. Like it used to be, like that was the job. Like yep. boom, hey man, your pit crew is important, and you know you got to get the job done. And it's not our problem if something goes wrong. That's part of like the race. Your pit crew is part of the team. Yet now in in, in this situation, I brought it up and I said, man, you can't have like coming down to like socially distance and having these guys. So basically, they they took my suggestion almost. Um, no one's going to lose their track position coming out of the pit. You're basically going to get, like, you can roll in for 30 seconds. You're not going to yep. lose your, your track position. That's fair. Because they That's don't want to Now, they're, they're going to adjust this as it goes on, as, you know, protocols change. But these are the initial rules right now. And what I was really, they're really pushing this hard, man. No families are allowed. 
No kids are allowed. No families are allowed. You're allowed 16 people per team. I like that. That's everybody. That's it sounds everybody. like a lot, but it really isn't when you consider oh. crew chiefs, guys that got to, someone's got to like drive the truck. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. it takes guys, like, you know, per team. But the crew chiefs, the, the pit crews are all going to be socially distancing. We talked about it. They're already wearing suits, helmets, and masks as it is. So they're going to be socially distancing. The drivers, will not even come out of their RVs until 10 minutes before the race. Love it. They won't be walking around anywhere. Like, you won't see them. They're going to come out of their RV 10 minutes before the race. They're going to get in their car. They're not even going to be around anybody at all. Um, they're not going to be around anybody at all. So, you know, they've done, NASCAR's actually done a pretty good job of, but NASCAR is tailor-made for this. They all live in their it own is. trailers anyways, in their own RVs anyways, and they're all decked out. Uh, in suits, but what is what are some of these matchups you got here? Yeah, there are, you, you know they're going to be tough matchups too. This is just basically what I'm seeing. I'll, I'll, I, I'm on a lot of different books, so I go around. So Kyle Busch versus Denny Hamlin. I'll let you guess, Gabe. Uh, these are they're very tough too. What do you think about that one? Uh, Kyle Busch will be like minus 125. Pick up minus 115, both guys. So you could see that this one's a little bit interesting. Kyle Busch versus Kevin Harvick. Kyle Busch minus 150. Kyle Busch, minus 135. Joey Logano, plus 105. Uh, Denny Hamlin, minus 135 versus Kevin Harvick, plus 105. Uh, what else do we got? Keselowski, minus 125 versus Chase Elliott, minus 105. Truex Jr., minus 125 versus Keselowski, minus 105. That's yeah, so one I don't mind. Keselowski to beat Truex Jr., for Kozlowski over Truex Jr. Yeah, and he's a dog too. What about Kozlowski? So that's so that's interesting. If you look, so Kozlowski's yep. a dog. Yeah, Kozlowski's plus eight hundred to win the race, and Truex Jr. is plus nine fifty to win the race. Not to mention Truex Jr. has not run well uh, over the years at Darlington. It's not really his spot. I like that's that's the matchup. Like all these other ones. They're so accurate, Cam. They're exactly. basically taking like, ooh, Kevin Harvick versus Kyle Busch. They're both the favorites at plus exactly. 500. That's a, it's a pickup. I know. They, they always do a great job with this stuff. But listen to this one, too. So Keselowski, if you like, he's also only laying 40 cents. This is one of the biggest odds. If you're talking about juice, he is minus 140 versus Alex Bowman at plus 110. Do you like Keselowski there? Yes, I do. Yeah, maybe we'll do a little Keselowski two-step here. Yes, I do. <laughs> as far as you know, I'm sticking to my guns. We talked about it earlier, and um, and uh, we're gonna get well, we're gonna get into this uh, more before we're done. Uh, but earlier in the week, I, I was talking about uh, Eric Jones. Now, something I find interesting about this, uh, something I find interesting about this race and NASCAR as a whole in this in this situation that they're in, there's no practice and there's no qualifying. Like, That's at all. Right. Like, these guys are not on the track. It's pretty crazy. Like, they're showing up, they're getting out of an RV 10 minutes before, <laughs> and they're getting in the Let's car, go. and then they're racing. That's, That's the race. There's no data, there's no anything. And it's funny, because I'm poking around the internet, cab, and DFS people are stumped. Because they're like, wow, they're all data guys, these guys. Yeah, They're so all true. about numbers, yeah. and, like, they, yeah. they don't really have the numbers to look at, right? So it's, it's very interesting. But the last time they raced at Darlington... Eric Jones won at 13. He's 13 to one this week. And he's going to be in the mix again. I'm telling you, he's going to be in the mix already. again. I thought so him 13 15. to one. Yep. 
I like Denny Hamlin a lot. I think Hamlin's got a nice chance to win. Den Hamlin won the Daytona 500 start off the season. Hamlin's going to be in a mix at plus 750. When we talked about the long shots. Um, 20 bucks on William Byron at 25 to 1. Yeah, Byron. Long shot. Byron's a little bit of a long shot. I tell you what, Cam, Kurt Busch. If we can find Kurt Busch in a couple, not Kyle, but Kurt. Kurt, yeah. Kurt's very, very good on this track. He used to win here all the time, and he's had recent success as well. But another little long shot to keep your eye on here. And as we stated, as the race approaches, uh, different sports books will start to post, you know, top fives and top tens and matchups and stuff, more matchups. Ryan Blaney at 22 to 1. It's funny. They have a Ryan Blaney, 22 to 1. He's going to be here at Cam. He's going to be in the mix, this guy. That's interesting because they have uh, Bush, they have Kurt Bush minus 150 versus Kenseth at plus 120, and they have Kurt Bush, a pick'em versus Jimmy Johnson, who we, I think I might have to so take Kurt, Kurt Bush. There. Kurt Bush versus uh, Kenseth, huh? Yeah, and he's Listen, Kurt Bush. Kenseth hasn't raced in two years, bro. And how about this? So think about that. He's in Kyle Larson's car right now. Yeah. And Larson's got a good car, but it's not the best car. He hasn't raced in two years. He's the oldest guy back. He's 48 years old. Wow. He's dropping this guy into a car without practice. Like, I'm not saying they don't practice. Like, he's not practicing elsewhere, but they're not allowed on this track. Like, he's literally getting out of the RV after two years and getting in someone else's car right now. Yeah, I, I, you got to bet against this guy. Yeah, and you like Kurt Busch. You say Jimmy Johnson's a guy that's faded a little. He's a pick -em against Kurt Busch. And they're yeah, I wouldn't mess with Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy, and Kurt are sort of the same. Guys that used to win here all the time that are still dangerous now. Yeah, interesting. But I'm telling you, I like I liked that prop a lot. I actually like Kurt Busch uh, to finish higher. And Kurt Matt Busch, Kenseth. Yeah, to finish higher than uh I'm than betting Matt it right Kenseth. now. Yeah, why not, Gabe? We're doing the show. That's what we do here. We bet we bet live. Uh, it's done. Yeah, it's done. Anyway, Sold. Yeah, no fans. Families not allowed in attendance. Drivers will stay in the trailers until about 10 or 15 minutes before the race per uh, race review online. No practicing. No qualifying. Get in your car and drive. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. I It's pretty cool. You said it. That, that's awesome that the DFS guys are stumbling right now. Oh, where's the data? Well, I guess you could just, you could use past performances at the track, right? But this is so random, though, Cam. Yeah. They haven't run in months. They're getting on a track. Like, yeah. dude, their data and everything is like, oh, yeah, we got to adjust this coming around this bank. Drivers are going to be so frustrated. Like, basically, Cam, basically, Cam, there's going to be drivers that are going to be like five laps into the race, and they're going to be like, I'm screwed. I'm done. I have no yeah, chance. They're going to yeah. know. They're going to be like, I'm done. <laughs> like, we're not set up. They call it the setup, right? The car set. How's the car set up? How's the setup for the track? Dude, they're relying on past data here, and they got to hope for the best. But I'm telling you, Cap, and you would know this. It's like your car. What was it? The, the Camry, the legendary Camry. Oh, yeah, no, that car, uh, it's gone. It's in the scrapper. I got well, I got to like afford to skate now, yeah. You know, like computers, cars are like computers and women, actually, all right? Uh, they, yes, yes, yes. You can change nothing, yet they will be different the next day. That's excellent point. I have a slow, leaky right wheel. It's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why? You'd be like, I, I don't put know. Air like, it was fine yeah. yesterday, but now yeah. it's back. And no, yeah. it was there. Tire pressure low. Tire it's pressure sort of low. like my computer. Sometimes my computer, it's like, doesn't turn on. Yeah. And yeah. Like, it's like two hours. It won't charge. And then suddenly it works for a month. And then it dies. I'm like, oh, it's dead. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. But it's very similar with NASCAR guys, Ken. 
like they practice on Wednesday and then Thursday they tweak something and they're like, oh, I don't like that. They get put off by the minors. The smallest thing puts them off camp. No, if they right. can't adjust. So now, like, just imagine some guy's wheel's a little stiff. Yeah. Well, that's tough. Cool. Nothing we can do, buddy. You know what I mean? You're locked in, right? Like, there's just little things of, uh, you know, like the, everything's so computerized uh, in NASCAR now. So they're just sort of like hoping, all right, everything works out. And I'm just going to go with a guy that won there last time and Eric and, uh, and Eric Jones. All right. So, um, We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk more NASCAR. We ain't done hitting the track. Ton of storylines. Ryan Newman's back already. Matt Kenseth is back. Uh, Ryan Newman's back. And there's going to be no other, no one there to boo. Uh, Kurt Busch. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Time decisions continues. Get on the grid as we're about to get on the track on the loudest station in the nation, SP Nation Radio, and of course, kicking it on the grid at the sports grid. Now we're getting athletic, literally and figuratively. Jordan Bianchi steps up and in from the athletic uh, to help us uh, navigate our way through the return of NASCAR. And Jordan, it's interesting. You know, it's easy to forget, actually, that we're already four races into the season. It almost feels like the start of a new season, doesn't it? 100% agree. I mean, it's been two months since NASCAR last race, and it feels like two years. But we had four races in already, and those were an eventful four races. I mean, let's not forget, in the Daytona 500, we saw a terrific finish with Denny Hamlin barely winning that race over Ryan Blaney. And then at that same moment, we saw Ryan Newman in a horrific crash um, that he's recovered from now and will actually be racing Sunday at Darlington. So, yeah, we've had four races. We've had an eventful four races. Um, but this does feel like a beginning of a brand-new season. All right, so me, me and Cam were talking about this earlier, and we were putting it in context about how even the slightest, slightest thing that is off will drive a driver crazy, all right? And you'll hear them mm -hmm. dropping F-bombs to the pit. That was wrong <laughs> with you guys. I can't win like this. This car sucks, right? You hear all that? This yeah. car sucks. Yeah. More F-bombs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and as long as you're not Carl Larson, you won't get fired. You're all right, right? But, yeah. uh, that, you know, but as, as you know, it gets very spirited. They're, they're intense dudes. They're going to be on their own. I mean, obviously, yeah. they're going to be, they're going to be pit adjustments, but going in, no practice, no qualifying. Just how big is this for a casual fan that doesn't really grasp how important qualifying and practice and track time to find the grooves? These guys find the specific, specific to the exact groove each way around the track that they want to go, right? Yeah, no, it's very big. I mean, not the qualifying part of it is so much that that happens more often than not, you know, with rain delays, those kind of things where rain, you know, qualifying gets canceled. But the lack of practice time and then not having practice time coming off a two month, you know, stoppage, that's a big deal. I mean, you're going, and you're also going to Darlington, which is one of NASCAR's toughest tracks. So yeah. the first few laps of that race are, are going to be interesting. <laughs> The good thing is a lot of these guys have done this before. I mean, they, they have they have time at Darlington. They are veterans, most of them. They have experience. So you, you would hope that common sense and a little bit of patience is going to win out. But that's easier said than done when you're stepping into a race car. Um, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, one of these things that can help is the, the simulator time that these guys have spent. We've heard a lot about yeah. iRacing, you know, eSports, that kind of thing. That kind of helps bridge that gap a little bit and giving them a feel for what to expect. 
but it's going to be different. You mentioned Kyle Larson, for example. The guy replacing him, Matt Kenseth, hasn't been in a race car since the end of the 2018 season. So he's not only getting into this um, you know, fresh with no practice, no qualifying, he's doing this after a lengthy time off. So it's going to be a challenge. Um, drivers are going to have to be flexible. And you know, the people I've talked to, the crew chiefs and drivers, the, the guys who are going to have the most success you know, in the next few weeks are the guys who are going to be able to adapt the best and be able to say, okay, this is going to be challenging. This isn't how I normally do things, yeah. but I'm going to have to adapt. And that's the game plan and the formula for success. And the guys who can do that are probably going to be the guys you see you know, having the best kind of you know, success, top five, top ten finishes. So before I just start throwing some names at you and some of the drivers I want to talk about a little bit, uh, can you explain to us? Uh, about the uh, the um, the pit situation uh, when, when you stop because you know I was I was talking about this weeks ago actually you're asking guys to socially distance you really want them on the clock and from what I understand you're not going to be able to lose your place um, from due to a pit stop right yeah the first round of pit stops uh, in Sunday's race are basically going to be allowing the teams to kind of take as much time as they want more or less, to, to get the car right. Because there's no practice, there's no qualifying, and because we've had this long delay, NASCAR has said, okay, we're going to throw a competition caution on a lap 30, I believe it is, yeah. and then we're going to have everybody pit, and you can just kind of you know make adjustments at, you know as much as you want. Basically, what NASCAR is doing, it, 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 theoretically, is giving 30 laps of practice for these drivers and teams to figure their cars out, come in, make changes, and then go back and race. Then it's kind of more of a, a race as we typically know it. Very, very interesting. And, you know, they're just making everything up on the fly like everyone else right now, too, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the, this, the word is fluid, and it is fluid. It, it's yeah. a lot of, you know, seeing what works, and you have to be willing to adapt. You have to be willing to say, yeah, this is how we normally do things, but that's not going to work because of the circumstances. We're going to have to be flexible. We're going to have to be willing to embrace new ideas that maybe we weren't so willing to embrace before. But to NASCAR's credit, they have been very thorough, very diligent in coming up with this plan. Um, most everybody's on, on board with it. There's obviously going to be wrinkles that come up at, that you don't really expect, but that's the challenge. And that's going to be what you see over the next few weeks is how does NASCAR adapt to this? How do the teams adapt to this? Uh, it's going to be different in some levels, but I think once the green flag flies on Sunday and the race happens, it's going to be kind of a race what we're accustomed to seeing. And it was amazing to me just how intense the iRacing was. Yeah. Right. Like NBA guys did like, you know, they played, they were smoking weed and laughing and stuff, essentially. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like a big party. They're dunking on each other and they're like, oh man, you know, they were playing. <laughs> they were like, everyone was upsetting everybody because they were playing other teams and stuff. Like, yeah. like Raptor fans were like, see Pascal Siakam played as the Bucks. <laughs> like the Greek freak played at the, as the Raptors. They were like, oh, well, that's it. He's going to the Raptors for sure. Yeah, just chose the Raptors. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, I just, you know, I'm just having fun. Uh, but the NASCAR guys, it was real. Like the chaos from like, yeah, I mean, hell, poor Bubba Wallace lost his game with Blue Emu because <laughs> he walked up. <laughs> yeah, we he saw that. Up. Denny Hamlin's kid pulls the plug on the screen. Kyle Larson loses it and ends up getting fired. That was a fun little thing they had going on there. But as far as this race coming back, um, I am a betting man. We're here in New Jersey. FanDuel uh, Sportsbook has Eric Jones listed at 13 to 1. He's not really one of the favorites, but he won here last time. Who are some of the drivers you're looking at? Harvick and um, Harvick and Kyle are the favorites in the 5 to 1 range, uh, Jordan. What should we be looking at? What drivers are you looking at uh, coming into Darlington? 
You mentioned two of them, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch. I would throw Denny Hamlin in that mix too. Another name you mentioned. Those three are, first of all, they're veterans. They've been around for a long time. They're, they're, you know, they, you can throw them in kind of any situation, and they have the know-how to get through it in a successful way. Also, they've all won at Darlington before. They're familiar with Darlington. Their, their teams are really good. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, where Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin race at. Uh, Kevin Harvick's with Stuart Haas Racing. Those are two of the top teams right out there. I throw another name in there too: Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Team Penske drivers. These guys are veterans. You're not going to throw any curveballs at these guys that they aren't going to be able to handle. And because the cars aren't going to be able to be able to set up to their liking, not to 100%, these guys are good enough to overcome any deficiencies. They're good enough to make their cars better and elevate them to another level. That's what you're going to need on Sunday and in these next few races, just because you're not going to have practice, you're not going to have qualifying. These drivers aren't actually even going to be able to interact one-on-one with their teams before the race and talk strategy. Now, they can do it, you know, teleconference, things like that. But actually having those conversations is a little bit disadvantaged. So look for veterans. Look for guys who've had success at Darlington. Look for guys with with big teams. Harvard, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Keselowski, Logano. Go with the big names here. I mean, don't don't try to overthink it. Just try to be smart and, and go with the guys who typically are good week in and week out. Yeah, the two guys I had circle was Denny Hamlin at plus 750. And you didn't seem overly enthused about my Eric Jones pick at 13 to 1. I like Eric Jones. You know, the one thing we can say about Eric Jones is he won uh, back at Darlington in September, the Southern 500. That was a big win for him. He does drive for a big team with Joe Gibbs Racing, teammate to Denny Hamlin, teammate to Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch. So Eric has the capability to, to run well. But I just think if you're looking at big names, I look at those guys. Eric is still kind of a young driver. He still can kind of be rough around the edges a little bit. Patience can be a, a thing sometimes with the lack of. Um, I, I like those other guys just a little bit more. But Jones is a good flyer, though. You know, another flyer I was taking a shot. I brought him up earlier. What's your opinion on Ryan Blaney uh, coming into this week? Uh, Blaney's another guy, too, I like. Uh, drives for Team Penske. He, you know, Brian Blaney's a guy who theoretically could have won the first three of the first four races this year. They've had a lot of speed in their race cars. His teammate, Joey Logano, actually did win two of those races. Um, Blaney, for a stretch, was leading the point standings. Um, Blaney looks like he's going to break through and get that first win of the season. It's just a matter of, at least he did before the stoppage. It's a matter of when it happens. He does seem like a driver who could pop out here and get that win and come back and win and get on Wednesday. They just have a lot of confidence right now in that team and what they're doing. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? That the drivers, that's going to be really fun to see them come back, isn't it? Uh, A couple of days later, now that they have a little information and they feel a little bit more comfortable, isn't it? It's unprecedented. We haven't seen this before in modern NASCAR. We, we've had a race at a, on one track on one day, and then a few days later they come back and race again. It, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens Sunday to what happens on Wednesday because it, it's two different races, and is what you take from Sunday, how do you apply it to Wednesday? Um, the, the teams that were bad, do they figure something out? The teams that are good, um, do they even figure something out because they, they hit on and they can carry that over? Um, unprecedented situation. It's going to be interesting. One thing different about Wednesday, too, shorter race, 300-mile race compared to 400 on Sunday. So, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. And, you know, with no qualifying and NASCAR having this unique formula of how they're setting up the the starting lineup for Wednesday's race, it's going to reward the drivers who do well consistently, who who can carry over to what they do on a week-to-week basis. All right, so what, who are some of the dark, if we're talking about some of the other flyers here, mm-hmm. you know, Kurt Busch is, is interesting. Not Kyle, but yeah. Kurt. And earlier in the week, Kurt Busch was in a 25-to-1 range. Now he's dancing around 18-to-1 right now. He's had success here. I brought him up earlier, and I said, guys like Kurt Busch, Jimmy Johnson, used to win here all the time, aren't the same guys anymore. But Kurt's actually had a pretty, he had a pretty decent start to the season, didn't he? 
Yeah, a good start to the season, solid start to the season. Not, nothing spectacular, but steady. And Kurt's a veteran, former champion in 2004, yeah. um, really good at Darlington. all that will deal with controversy yeah. and deal with this stuff, right? He's <laughs> yeah, used he, to fighting he, with girls in his trailer. He'll be all right coming out of here. <laughs> well, that's a whole different story. Um, but Kurt, Kurt, Kurt's a veteran, though. He gets it. He knows how to adapt. He's one of those guys, too, I talked about earlier. He can elevate his team to better what, than what they are. And he did that a lot last year with Chip Ganassi Racing, is he made that team better than what they had been in the years past. Um, Kurt is a good driver. And the interesting thing there is he's going to teammate Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth taking over for Kyle Larson. He's going to be able – Matt and Kurt are going to be able to go back and forth a little bit and exchange some ideas. That's going to help Kurt a little bit to kind of, you know, maybe get more out of that race car than he could otherwise. But, yeah, Kurt is certainly a name to keep an eye on. Man, it's, uh, it's uh, people and uh, I think the other drivers are going to be kidding and call those guys team old man, right? Between, yeah, between sure. Kurt and Kenseth. Kenseth, man, it makes me feel old, bro. Kenseth, 48 years old right now. Yeah, 48 years old, oldest active driver, full-time driver in the field. Um, hasn't driven in a race car, been in a race car since 2018. Um, coming back with a new rules package. I mean, a lot of new things for, uh, for uh, Matt Kenseth to get used to here. New team, new crew chief. Yeah, but that said, Matt's still a really good driver. Um, it's a unique situation. The thing you have with Matt is the expectations are kind of low. I mean, it, he even said it's going to take me a few weeks to kind of get acclimated a little bit. But I think after you get over those few, first few weeks, I think it's fair to say Matt's, Matt's a driver that if you're looking at, if you're in a league where, you know, you, you just want, you're looking for a guy to give you some value, Matt is certainly one of those guys to keep an eye on. All right, we've got uh, less than two minutes here. So we got to bring up uh, Jimmy Johnson. And I think, you know, maybe for casual people, they're going to be tuning in or for younger sports fans right now. I don't think they realize this guy was like almost like Michael Jordan dominant for a while, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? Like we're talking yeah, like just how good he actually was and how dominant. Like it was like, oh, Jimmy won again, man. You can't beat Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's the best way to describe it. I mean, it's unprecedented. Five straight championships, one yeah. seven championships. Um, just week in and week out was the guy to beat no matter where the racetrack you were at. He was the guy you knew was going to be in contention. It's been a struggle. I mean, it's been a few years since he last won a race. Um, the thing you can say with Jimmy Johnson now is that organization, Hendrick Motorsports, they've looked really good through the first part of the season. I mean, his teammate yeah. Alex Bowman has already won a race. Chase Elliott's been competitive. William Byron has looked good. Um, so the parts and pieces are there for Jimmy Johnson to have a good run. Um, you know, he's been very active in this iRacing thing. You know, we keep waiting for him to break out. Darlington is a good track for him. He, he's got experience there. He's won there before. Um, experience and know-how is going to pay off on Sunday. Well, you know, we've only got about 30 seconds uh, here, but our boy Cam Stewart and I, we were talking earlier. I don't know about how uh, pertinent it is to handicap in this, but I said, man, uh, this Byron dude really killed the iRacing stuff. So, uh, he's, he's really in his own right yep. now. And Cam said, yeah, I'm betting him 29 to 1. Why not? <laughs> Never won a cup race before, but I'll say this about William Byron. He's one of those next generational talents. People look at him as one of the blue chip prospects, a future yeah. superstar. And the success in iRacing, it does translate to some degree into real world. So he's had a lot of success in the iRacing. He's been very active. He doesn't have really a lot of rust to shake off because he's been doing this iRacing stuff. So that may pay a dividend for him down the road. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Get on the grid, Sports Grid, loudest station in the nation, SB Nation. It's great to have sports back, UFC, NASCAR, and uh, Friday, Cam, will jump uh, right in. Uh, we've got Oklahoma State 
uh, versus uh, Dustin Johnson and Rory. So Rory yeah. and Rory. DJ team up to take on Ricky Fowler and Wolfman Jack, baby. Oh, you know where uh, Dustin Wolf Johnson went to school, buddy? It's, yes, a real, it's, a, it's a real weird one. Charleston. A, a fighting bird. Close. Coastal Carolina. Chanticleers. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, oh, he's from Charleston. He's a, he yeah, he's, Coastal Carolina. He's yeah. a Chanticleer. I knew yeah, that. He's yeah, he's a yeah, Chanticleer. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a yeah, pissed-off yeah. rooster. <laughs> How come he went there? I know. Weird. Isn't it interesting? Like, you could have gone to, like, Alabama, Georgia, like a lot of those schools. You go to Coastal Carolina. I think it had to do with grades, probably. <laughs> I think it had to do so we could just party. <laughs> yeah, that's another yeah, party grades. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Turned turned <laughs> turned out it was that that was that was the partying school uh, to be at. Uh, but hey, listen, it, it is nice to have sports back right now. Bundesliga yep. soccer. We're going to be all over this uh, tomorrow on tomorrow's program. We'll have golf picks. We'll have soccer picks. We'll have more UFC picks. We'll get back into the octagon, and um, you know we talked all this NASCAR. So. Four sporting events to bet on this weekend. Yeah, it's going to rock. I've already, and Gabe, I'm already putting some uh, bets in here too. And uh, you said it, another NASCAR bet. I was thinking about taking uh, your boy, Walt Harris, at uh, minus 150 there. But we'll talk about uh, the next card afterwards and see uh, your best bets because hopefully we make a lot of money, build the bankroll, and keep on betting. And um, now the questions, uh, the questions uh, become... What happens next with Major League Baseball? What yeah. happens uh, with the NBA? College football, we sort of know about the landscape. Um, baseball, you know, baseball things are going to get um, pretty interesting, I think, actually. Really? And kind of ugly, to be honest with you. I don't think, I think baseball is a lot further away. You and I maintained before, I've been saying this all along, Cam, that I always thought the NBA was the most suited. Listen, they've only got to play for five weeks and. It's a good point that I brought up earlier that a lot of people don't bring up, actually, Cam, that whatever, dude, you're an NBA team. You're going to get bounced from the playoffs yeah. after the first week anyways. Exactly. Let's see if it's the best. It's the best three of five. The NBA, the worst thing about I'm actually looking forward to this. I'm stoked about, oh, it's not real. Oh, it's way oh, it's real. Very, it's and what's cool about this, instead of a LeBron, you're not going to get to play on Tuesday and then Sunday again because there's no rest. we got to get through this fast. And we're going to play every second day. They could play back-to-back. -back. I'd love to see that. Go old school. Let's play some back-to-back -back games. We're going to be all over it on Friday. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.